Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome back to Edgeward here on the Hammer Betting Network, a daily live NHL show, Monday through Friday, 10.30 a.m. Eastern time. Today is Friday, March 17th, and we only got four games on the schedule tonight here, Rob, but we'll break them all down, give out best bets if we've got them, talk about some of the things we might be looking at. Uh, I'm going to get into asking you some about some of the strategies you might be looking at if you're looking at maybe some live betting. Uh, mm-hmm. Alex B. Smith shared some of his, and he actually ended up coming out profitable on the day the other day. And aside from his three-in-one day that he gave out here on the show on Wednesday, he talked about some of the strategies he was looking at and was messaging me throughout the night, and those paid off. So maybe we can get into some of those if people are looking at that. But uh, let's look at the games here tonight, starting with the Buffalo-Philly game. And this Buffalo team... I'm also kind of interested in your thoughts on if you think they still could be in a spot to make the playoffs. They are currently six points out. You're looking at them six back of New York of the Islanders and Pittsburgh right now. You got three games in hand on the Islanders, one game in hand on the Penguins, but they've struggled over their last ten. Three, five, and two. It's not been great. They are pretty decent on the road here, 20, 10, and 3. And you're looking at the Flyers on the other hand. This team has committed to a rebuild, essentially. Danny Breer coming in as the interim, likely going to stay on as the full-time GM after this. And uh, they're now on a four-game losing streak. He came in and said, yep, we're going to ta- tank this or rebuild this thing, essentially committing to it. And they've done so since that point. This is a spot here where Buffalo needs to pick up some points. But even in a game like this against Philly where they've beat up on some of the poorer teams around the league, you're not necessarily in a position where you're guaranteed to get a win. And uh, this Buffalo team has been a little bit shaky where do you see them going forward after this game and then firstly into this game tonight against the Flyers? Yeah, I think there's going to be a large appetite from people to bet the Buffalo Sabres tonight for a couple of reasons. One, they're still in a playoff race. And number two, the Sabres this year have, for the most part, taken care of the teams that they should beat. It's when they've stepped up in class that they have struggled and continued to regularly lose. The challenge I have is this. Buffalo, to me, is a super high-variance team, right? You you talk about the record over the past 10 games. They just basically want to trade chances with other teams. That's what they do. It's defense optional. Um, They generate a lot of high-scoring chances. They give up a lot of high-scoring chances. And typically, a team like that, I don't really want to bet them as a favorite all that often. Don't want to lay juice on a team that I know is going to give a ton of high-quality chances. Then you look at the past month. The Sabres, they're playing fine, but... You know, their record, you mentioned it, they're shooting 11% over the course of the past month. It's a very high shooting percentage, and they're not getting the results. So maybe this team is just not that good. On the other side of things, you've got a Philadelphia team that I think is playing way better than the performances have actually been in terms of actual results. They have 1.8 goals per game over the course of the past month, which is extremely low. Their expected goals much higher than that. So I'm kind of a believer in like water finds its level type of thing. 
and the Sabres shooting a high percentage, not getting results, that's a little bit concerning. So minus 130, not a price that I would lay. Do I want to get involved with the, the Flyers here? No, not really. Uh, I do price this closer to the 120 range. So if I had to bet the game, uh, I know there's people out there that, that like want to put together parlays and stuff like that. I would pick the Flyers at this price, but not a game that I'm interested in. It's just bu- Buffalo is not, you know, they're going to give up a ton of high quality chances in this game to the Flyers. And maybe Philadelphia finally is able to score. But um, yeah, that's that's the challenge with the Sabres. They just they don't play defense. How do you kind of approach some of these games as you head down towards the the playoffs? Now we've passed the deadline. The teams are set. They're settled in for what they're going to be. You're going to have a little bit of up in the air uh, lineups when it comes to some of the lower end teams, I would think, because maybe they're going to be filtering in guys, getting kids out of college, seeing what they can do going forward, seeing if kids out of the American League can play at the NHL level. So you might have some variance in those lineups. But if you're looking at some of the big dogs around the league. You're looking at Colorado's, Edmonton's, um, even some of the teams like Vegas, Toronto, Boston, Carolina. They're going to roll through some of the lower tier teams to close out the season. You're going to get some of these huge prices. And this isn't necessarily pertain to any particular game here tonight, but it's something I've just been curious about over the last little while. How do you kind of look at them? Because you might have a little bit of an edge on a team who's maybe sitting there at three thirty minus three thirty against a poor team. But is this kind of the point in the year where you're like, all right, do I want to touch this? And you maybe just lay off just because it is regular season. It is dwindling down. So typically, I'll bet big favorites in sports. I know some people are they'll always pick some sort of arbitrary number like, ah, I'll never bet a hockey team that's more than minus 200 or minus 150. And I I personally have no problem doing that. If you have an edge, you have an edge, right? If you think a team is going to win 90% of the time, but they're being priced as if they're going to win 80% of the time, you make that bet. I mean, just different sport, but college basketball, March Madness going on right now. I laid minus 750 on no number one seed to lose their first game because I thought the price should be like minus 1300 instead of minus 750. So I'm going to lay that price. And the the only challenge in the NHL is like you said, you get, especially this time of year, a lot of late injury news teams take the ice for warmups. And it's like, Oh, he's not, you know, Zach Hyman's not on the ice for warmups or this guy's not on the ice for warmups. And it's like, Oh shit, that matters. That makes a difference. So typically speaking with a big favorite, I'm almost normally going to wait until the last minute uh, to just ensure that that edge remains on the ice. Now, there's a lot of stuff that goes into this later in the year, you know, situation, which is like, okay, big favorite. I'm going to wait till last minute. Guess what? That number might be gone because nobody wants to bet these big underdogs late in the year, right? It's like, yeah. oh, this team is tanking. They're not playing or whatever. But all this information is already baked into the market. It's baked into the price, right? Like this is not... Everybody who's betting on these games knows which teams are in the mix and which teams are not in the mix. That's already been priced into it. So don't veer away from the big underdogs if you feel that it's a good spot for them just because, oh, they might be tanking or, or whatever. Like that's been accounted for in the price already. And we've seen some big underdog wins over the course of the last few weeks, especially the Arizona Coyotes have been a, a moneymaker in some big underdog roles. But yeah, I would say that this time of year, in the mornings, like we're doing the show now, bet your big edges early. Later on, you know, peruse through the news, wait over the course of the day for your smaller edges. And if something materializes, then go ahead and bet it. 
Okay, so <laughs> I just pulled this up because I wanted to confirm. There's a comment here in the chat from Paul Choi. He says, uh, on FanDuel, there's a cross-sport March Madness bet. Leafs total goals minus 250 versus number three seeds total wins plus 200. Uh, this does exist, by the way, mm -hmm. and it's just for today. Uh, how would you, would this be something of interest to you? Would you look at any of the cross-sport props in the March Madness? And then this one in particular, is, did you have any opinions on that one as it stands right now? So I can't price this right off the top of my head because there's a little bit of yeah. math that goes into it. Uh, I'll tell you what I'm projecting for the Leafs in terms of goal scoring tonight, and then you can make an educated decision. If the Leafs play Frederick Anderson tonight, I project the Leafs to get 3.08 goals. If they play Kachetkov, I project them to get 3.10 goals. So almost almost the exact same thing. So just over three goals on average for the Leafs. Um, you'd have to take the, the three seeds and add up their cumulative uh, win probabilities, right? So you can actually do this via Betstamp, right? If you go to Betstamp and you go to the college basketball screen, uh, you can download Betstamp on Android, iOS, or you can check it out on, on the web. But there's a percentage next to every team in every single game. That percentage is the implied win probability of those teams um, when you take out the VIG. So all you have to do is add up those three seeds, see what it comes to. I'm guessing it's going to come to somewhere in the two and a half uh, range in terms of, of expected wins or 250% when you add up all the percentages. Um, and that's why this is priced the way it is. With that said, Carolina plays a pretty stifling brand of, of defense. I, I would not be in that. That's not to say the Leafs can't score a lot tonight or win tonight. In fact, we'll get to that game in a second, but um, I, I just wouldn't with the variance and what the Leafs can produce tonight, I would not be laying the two fifty on this price. Right. It's either the, the three state total wins or nothing, but you can just simply do the math on that. Right. Uh, question here from Bankroll Spence says, do you have to pay to see the bet stamp picks now? No, you do not. Uh, they will just be hidden until game time. In order to see the picks, you just have to watch the show. You have to watch the show, listen to it on podcasts. Yep. Uh, that is how you can get all the picks. At the end of every show, we go through and recap. We pull them up on the screen so you can see our bet stamp account. You can see what we've tracked and you can find all the picks from that day listed there at the prices we played them, at the books that we played them, and how much we bet on them. We'll go through at the very end of every show. So that is how you can see the picks. But until game time, they will be locked. Uh, and then you can see them after the fact so that you can see what we have bet on, what won, what what didn't. So, yes, that is how you can yeah. find all the picks. Just, just to add to that, Zach, so I, I, I was the one who made the decision to hide the picks. And it, just to explain to the audience why that happens, Obviously, we're in the content business. We need to get viewership in order to produce shows. That's just the simple way that the world works, right? We're not going to be doing shows that air and go out to nobody. And it's nice that people can go to Betstamp and see all the picks that we made over the course of the day. And obviously, I, you know, I'm a co-owner of Betstamp. I can see the analytics. But when 90% of the people are just going to get the picks <laughs> and not viewing the content, well, then we... It, it's you know, we can never run like that in the future. So this is a kind of a way to appease both parties. We will do a recap at the end of every single show. So if you do miss a show on a daily basis and you don't want to watch the half an hour or 40 minutes and scroll through for picks, you can always go right to the end. 
but at least that way we do get a view on the show and at least in that that sense we can continue to grow the hammer going forward so that's the reason for it i you know if anyone has issues with it i totally understand it's very convenient to go to betstamp um but in the interest of trying to grow the hammer betting network and edge work as large as we possibly can i think this is a decision that makes the most sense for everyone yeah, it's a pat on the back to the show for how well we've been doing that. All those people are just go to Betstamp and look for the picks. But uh, yeah, Rob's right in terms of uh, well, we I, can't do this anymore if we don't get the I views. get it. There's a convenience, right? Like some days you can't you can't listen to the show every single day or watch the show every single day. And and I get that. That that happens sometimes. So what do you do? You quickly go to Betstamp, you open up the picks. That's fine. Rather than doing that, just open up YouTube. Click the video, scroll right to the end, and you'll get a summary. We'll literally pull up that stamp on the screen at the end of every single show. It's yes. just a, a, it, it's the exact same thing, a couple clicks away. So that, that's the way we'll do it going forward. Um, and then uh, Daniel H. here saying, good morning, happy St. Patty's. I forgot today was St. Patty's for, honestly, until right now. And I was just looking to see if I could find my St. Pat's hat, but it doesn't seem to be beside me. It's in a different area of the room, so I was going to throw that on, but... Happy St. Patty's Day to everyone watching. Uh, uh, Neither of us wore green, man. Neither of us. I know. I I completely forgot. I got nothing around me. I completely, like, that was a complete oversight on my behalf that today was St. Patty's. I have a green leaf sweater. I have a green St. Pat's hat. Like, could have done the whole thing. You have no excuse. No, I don't. I'm I'm in my mid-30s. So like I'm an old man now. I can't. Yeah, I I had a few pops last night during the March Madness games. Like that's enough for me for a couple of days. I can, can barely move today. But when like you're in your mid twenties, that's I would be counting down the days to St. Patty's when I was in my mid twenties, <laughs> man. That's the night, especially it's a Friday night. Like this, a recipe to get messed up tonight, right? That I know you got to do a Leafs game tonight. Unfortunately, Zach, yeah, that's but, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I, I'm prioritizing the Leafs in their St. Pat's uniforms tonight. That's what I got to do. So if they <laughs> lose and they get absolutely smoked, uh, how do you? tonight is just going to be the worst. And then I'm going to have to – I'll figure it out after that. I might be drive downtown and go meet people because I'll have to just, like, deal with this one myself. But, uh, yeah, that's what I have to do tonight. Um, yeah, yeah, and here – Daniel H saying he's not wearing his green either. He's wearing his red for his 11 seated wolf pack what? today. Go state. <laughs> that would be Nevada, correct? No, is that no a, NC State? Nevada is also the wolf pack, but NC State wolf pack. Yeah. Right. Right. All right. Let's get through. Let's get to the uh, Leafs game here tonight. We'll break this one down. Carolina heading to Toronto tonight to take on the Leafs. Leafs coming off a two or coming into this one on a two game losing streak right now, having lost to Buffalo. And Colorado, a pretty good game the other night against the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, Carolina coming in right now first in the Metro. They are only one point up on New Jersey despite having a decent lead a couple of weeks ago. New Jersey has managed to close that one down. Carolina does have two games in hand on the Devils. Uh, Both teams have quite open the gap up on the New York Rangers who sit third in the Metro right now. Uh, six and four in their last 10 for Carolina coming into this one and pretty good road team, 26 and six. Meanwhile, Toronto sitting there 24, seven and five at home. Looking at the odds for this one right now, Toronto is favored minus 119 best price available versus Carolina plus 110 best price available. Rob, is this one about where the market should be on this? You're looking at, uh, 
Carolina missing some guys coming into this game, and they are playing pretty well rolling in here tonight. Is this where this should be? I would say yes. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about the total as well in a second. But So I have the Leafs priced at minus 120 tonight, which is right around where this is. Now that's with Ilya Samsonov now confirmed to go in net. I was hoping it would be Matt Murray for a Carolina bet. I'm a Leafs fan for those that don't know, but betting first and foremost comes comes you know first for me. And I think there's a pretty sizable discrepancy between uh, Samsonov and Matt Murray right now. Matt Murray's going to go tomorrow night in Ottawa. But Samsonov is solid, and I think that this warrants the price altogether. I'm just not high on either of these teams right now. I think Zvechnikov being out now, torn ACL for Carolina, they already lost Pacioretty for the year. You now look at their forward group. It just doesn't have the same pizzazz as it did earlier in the year, plain and simple. That Now, they're very solid at the back end. Anderson, uh, Kuchetkov, whoever goes tonight, it's not decided yet. Be decent goaltending tandem. Um, it'd be interesting if we saw the Freddie Anderson revenge game. I don't think we are. I, I think Kuchetkov's going to end up going, but because they've been alternating back and forth. But uh, I think this is a fair price. The Leafs, the Leafs are finding their uh, identity, so to speak, right now. Like they have all these players and nothing's working. Like they just can't mesh. They can't figure out the right line combos. Um, personally, I, I think Sheldon Keefe, I, I mean, it, it's hard to know what the motivation of the organization is right now because they're locked into a series with Tampa Bay. So these games are like somewhat meaningless, with the exception of home ice. But they just cannot find the combos that are working and they're mismashing everything every single game. And it's really difficult to keep up um, with that. So I think minus 120 is fair. Um, ultimately, I, I mean, until Ryan O'Reilly comes back, I'm pretty low on the Leafs. The bottom six has left a lot to be desired. They're not generating much. They're not getting much ice time because they're not generating much. These D pairs that they're experimenting with, I think are awful, frankly. Maybe tonight is probably the best that they've looked in a while, but throwing Luke Shen in on a second pair, I don't like I don't know that that's gonna end well either. So um tough game. I mean, I, I honestly don't want a part of either of these teams right now. Yeah, I mean, just from like a team breakdown perspective, when you're looking at the Leafs, I don't know what to make of them right now because of a lot of the factors you just said. The lines are, the lines don't change every period or every game. The lines change every shift that's played. Like, there's no consistency in what we see from shift to shift of anything. Uh, so, predicting any of that can be kind of confusing at this point. And, I think Sheldon Keefe might be just galaxy braining himself into oblivion with some of the decisions, but like, we'll see, we'll see what happens. And it, it, it's, it's really challenging because in my, you know, the Leafs at the deadline, they traded away uh, Pierre Engvall and Rasmus Sandin. Right. And these yeah. were guys that just, they never got the time. Now, whatever Leafs fans think of, of Engvall, he scored three goals in four games now with the Islanders. It's not really about that but they're missing the transition play that he brought in the bottom six, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Like Engvall is not a world beater. He does a lot of things that are going to frustrate fans, but what he's very good at is getting the puck at his own blue line and getting it deep in the other end. And they're missing that in the bottom six right now. Guys like Zach Aston, Reese, David Kemp, they don't move it blue line to blue line very well. So these guys get hemmed in their own zone and they're just kind of stuck there a lot. And you don't want that with your bottom six. So 
Um, Nola Chari's been fine overall, no issues there, but there, there's, there's tro- still trying to find it. And even tonight, like the Leafs practice with four defense pairs yesterday, right? They have eight defensemen that are capable of playing tonight. Who knows what's going to happen? It makes it very hard to predict what's going to happen in their games. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of been looking for spots to, to fade Toronto recently. And uh, I would have liked to do that tonight if it was Matt Murray, because uh, I think the Leafs are also like they have it in their head. Matt Murray's had this playoff success in the past. We need him to be our number one come playoff time. He's the worst of their two goalies. Like Samsonov has played very well this year. He's been a solid goaltender all year long and they're just trying to force this Matt Murray thing. So tonight's not the night that I'm, I'd be interested. We'll see what the line is tomorrow in Ottawa, but yeah, um, yeah that could potentially be either a spot to play the over with uh, um, what, what's the auto Sogard uh, yeah, potentially. Sogard. Yeah. Like Sogard Murray, probably an over potentially an Ottawa play depending on the line. For anyone who watched yesterday's show, Rob's going to be on uh, Murray Watch tomorrow as uh, as So Money was on Jonas Johansson Watch yesterday. I don't know if you caught that, Rob, but So Money said if Jonas Johansson is confirmed in net for Colorado, he is going over and he was going alt over seven, seven yep. and a half, eight, eight and a half, nine. And uh, it ended up hitting five four and hit the nine. So so money must have had himself a great night yesterday. <laughs> I immediately played that over on that news. I did not play the alt overs there. It, when when Jonas Johansson used to play in Buffalo, uh, he got traded. I don't remember if he got traded directly to Colorado. If it was Florida in between, maybe. Anyways, he got traded, and there was one Sabers beat writer that basically tweeted the most hilarious tweet i i have to find this where he's just like Jonas johansson i've never seen a goalie who can't make a save in a game or in practice <laughs> and he was you know he was he is legitimately terrible and not nhl yeah. caliber so those are like one of the, there's a, there's a few players or goalies where it's just like auto fire on the over but i'm not going to pat myself on the back too much i bet the under seven in florida montreal last night and nice. it was uh there, there, there was eight goals on the first 12 shots of the game. By the way, like, I don't know if anyone saw the goals that happened in that game. First of all, there was a hilarious clip of Barkov sitting on the bench, like telling his teammates they were going to get 10 by the end of the first period, which I found hilarious. He's like, we're going to get 10 by the end of the I first I didn't period. see that. Oh, my God. <laughs> so good. But, like, these goals were terrible. Like, they were, like, the weirdest angles. It was, it was some of – there was, like, eight goals – on 1.2 expected goals, I think at one point it was it was the most absurd, you know, garbage. <laughs> Anyways, rant over. We we move on. But yeah, that was a, that was a bad, bad, rough one. That's hilarious. I wish I saw that clip. I'm gonna have to go find it after this show of uh, Barkov. Uh, Rob, quickly before we move on, you said there was something you were looking at with uh, with the over in this game in this Leafs Carolina game. Did that without piqued your interest at all? So here. Uh, it does a little bit. Um, so the Leafs aren't usually priced in this range. Let's put it that way, right? Now you're getting like the effect of Carolina missing some forwards. The fact that Carolina has struggled to score lately. I mean, remember they had those back-to-back shutout losses. I think they had three straight games with one goal. Like they, they've been struggling to put the puck in the net. It's extremely rare to get a Leafs team with this firepower at a, at a flat six, basically. So here's my, you know, for everyone out there, 
I'm monitoring this line. I set line alerts for myself. If we can get an over six at plus 100, I will fire. So that's that's my buy point um, for everyone out there. Not there quite yet. But if I get if we get no vig over six plus 100, Samsonov great at home. I get all the things. Carolina struggling to score. That's too low for a traditional Toronto game. They should not be priced in that area. All right, fair enough. So keep an eye out for that one. We'll monitor the line movement there. Uh, D saying uh, it was because the crowd was changing 110 and he was mic'd up. So mm. there you go. That had to play into it, but I'm still got to find that clip. That is hilarious. Moving on to the next game tonight. St. Louis on the road taking on the Washington Capitals. Washington right now still in the playoff hunt, a little more so than Buffalo even at this point. Five points back of the Islanders. They got a game in hand on them. Five points back of the Penguins. One more game played than the Penguins, and you're coming into this one. Five, four, and one in your last ten. 16, 13, and four at home. So not the prettiest team at home, but St. Louis on a two-game win streak rolling into Washington tonight. Three, five, and two in their last 10. You're looking at this price tonight for St. Louis, plus 150 on the road at the Capitals. Uh, how do you kind of play this one here, Robert? Is this maybe look towards the total to see if that's somewhere where you'd rather play? Yeah, we go back to the well on the over in this game. And I know St. Louis played an 8-5 game last time out. And that typically is like, you know, this is a little bit narrative-y. I'm not a huge fan of playing uh, overs after we've already seen like the team play a s- extremely high-scoring game last time out because typically I think the coaches want to you know focus in a little bit more on defense. But I, I make this over 6.5 closer to minus 125. And you look at the course of the past month, the Capitals and Blues are two of the worst five teams in terms of goals allowed per 60 minutes. The Capitals give up 3.47 per 60. The Blues give up 3.43. If we want to look at expected goals, they're fourth and seventh respective. These are two teams that just struggle to defend. Now, honestly, Bennington's been horrible this year. He's suspended, obviously, for this game. So it, it wouldn't have been necessarily a bad play even if he was in. But now you're either going to get Thomas Grice or you're going to get Joel Hofer, who they called up yesterday, who's been playing well in the minors, but ultimately is a minor league goaltender right now. And and the goaltending just isn't there for the Blues to be able to offset the fact that they're giving up a ton of scoring chances. Um, So I like the over six and a half here. I I think this is a little bit underpriced. A little bit, you know, like had had we had a normal scoring game last time out for the Blues, something that wasn't absurd where they gave up a ton of goals over the course of the second and third period – I'd be a little bit more confident in this, but ultimately I still think it's pretty mispriced. Okay. Also to clarify, I said win streak for St. Louis meant losing streak, losing streak, game, losing streak. yes, not win streak. Um, so we locked that in over six and a half minus one Oh nine in the St. Louis, Washington game there. Again, uh, we will recap all the picks at the end of the show, but final game here tonight, Columbus, Anaheim, we got the, what, I don't even know what, what the proper name for this is. The Bedard Bowl, the, the dumpster, dumpster bowl. fire, the dumpster yeah. bowl. Like, yeah, this is this is what we got going on tonight. Columbus in town in Anaheim. Columbus is coming off a back-to-back here as well. Price plus 107 on the road against the Anaheim Ducks. Is this price accurate for, accurate for you here, Rob? Is this, like, is this a little short? Where are we at with this one tonight? Oh no! It, it's 
Anaheim is a biz. Anaheim is terrible, terrible, terrible. Now the problem you have here with Columbus is that you have Michael Hutchinson in net. Yeah. And you know, that's a, a, a an inherent challenge at all times, but uh, let's play a half unit on Columbus plus 107 at Bet Rivers. The Canby books have plus 107. I'd pretty much play it down to plus 105, which is my cutoff. And honestly, it's just Anaheim being priced in these ranges. Like the Ducks have a 40.3 expected goals percentage over the past month. They have done this all year long, consistently, like historically bad defense, bottom five offense at 5v5 fourth last in the league and expected goals four per 60 minutes. They just cannot be priced in these ranges. And I know Columbus is bad as well. Don't get me wrong, but they have more talent in my opinion than Anaheim. This game should be closer to a pick em, If not Columbus small favorite in the game. Um, so we'll do the half unit. Hutchinson scaring me off of it a little bit, but you get Lucas Dostal in net as well for Anaheim tonight. Uh, I, I just, this is like one of those where, you know, you just remove yourself and you just look at the price and you're like, yeah, Anaheim laying minus 120. Give me the, like, who's the other team? Sure. Give them to me. That's pretty much the situation right. tonight. Right. Um, all right. So that's it for the games today. We did give two picks here. We'll go through them real quick here for people to see. So first pick that we have, we have St. Louis, Washington, the over six and a half minus 109 you can find that at bet rivers or as rob mentioned there any of the can be books and we did play a full unit on that so st louis washington over six and a half minus 109 full unit on that and then we are going to go to the columbus anaheim game and we are taking a half unit on the columbus blue jackets against anaheim plus 107 so that would be a half unit columbus blue jackets money line plus 107 now rob before we end off we did only have the two picks here today. There are only four games, so I, I it's been something I've been complaining about this NHL schedule. I mean, even for me sitting here Mondays and then to Tuesday to Wednesday again, you go like three games, twelve games, three games, and then Fridays we've had you and I have had days where we have one game on the schedule, yep. like it's a gong show. Uh, but maybe on a day where you're looking at four games, you don't have as many bets going into the night to start. You're looking at maybe one, maybe two, but you're looking for an opportunity to live bet. I'm curious if you could speak to a little bit your strategy of live betting NHL. What are some things you're looking for, whether it's things that are happening in the game? Are you looking at actually watching the game physically yourself and laying eyes on the TV? Are you following along with scores? And then on top of that, is there certain angles that you're looking to attack, whether it be overs, money lines, player props? How do you approach live betting NHL games on a night where maybe there aren't that many games and you're interested in adding more to your to your card? So a couple of things people need to realize. Live betting, the algorithms that the sports books make are pretty solid for these. Um, and there's obviously a little bit more vig on live bets typically than, you know, uh, pregame rate wagers, so to speak. So it's a challenging market to be. A couple things that I typically look for if I'm going to place a live bet is where, the, let's say the game doesn't match the score. Um, because these live betting algorithms, they're basically going to take the pregame price and then they're going to adjust for score as the game goes on. So sometimes you'll get see a team that goes up to nothing but they're actually getting dominated in the game. And the live betting algorithm does not really account for that 
you know, the expected goals, the domination by the other team. It's only accounting for what the actual score is, how much time is left, what's the probability of this team winning. So I typically like to bet where, you know, either the eye test or any of the public expected goals models don't match the actual score of the game. One other thing I like to do as well is there are there is still referee bias in hockey. So right. typically speaking, if I see a team get the first three power plays of the game, something along those lines, or have a run of power plays, there's a very high likelihood that the opposing team is going to get the next power play or multiple next power plays. And that's also not baked into the price uh, of these live betting algorithms as well. So you get a 0-0 game, tie game 1-1. One team gets a run of three power plays in a row. They don't score. I'll typically look to fire on the other team because I think the likelihood that they're going to get one or two power plays coming up is high. And that's just a referee bias. There's been a lot of studies on this across pro sports. It exists. It's not really a narrative. There is something about the refs, for the most part, trying to even up um, these teams as best they can. And we see it all the time in hockey where they just pull like, they'll sometimes pull two players to the box for roughing, or sometimes they just right. pick out one person depending on the situation. So those are a couple of the angles that I use. I, I would not suggest going ham on live betting. It's obviously fun. Uh, it's, it's a way to make the game more exciting, but it is a traditionally a, a harder market to beat. Every now and then, You'll come across a gold mine. You know, years ago, it was the team started to pull the goaltenders early, way earlier than, and, and these algorithms are built off of all this past data. So they actually have no idea that the goalie pull is coming earlier. And if you were to bet overs late in games, I mean, you, you did fairly well for yourself. So you're always looking for stuff like that. But it, it, the reality is that, you know, it's very few and far between. It doesn't come up all that often. All right, fair enough. I think that's good advice for people to take forward now. I got to ask you before you leave. March Madness on right now, day two of the uh, first round. How did day one go? And uh, what are we looking like for today, for day two? We got a whole bunch of things lined up on the card. Uh, are you looking at maybe, do you have a sledgehammer bet that you could give out here on the show today? So I, I list, day one, uh, as I pull up my bet stamp account here on my phone, was a 45% ROI for me yesterday. Nice. So it was a very good day. I, 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 I beat you here, Rob, yesterday. I crushed yesterday. I'm not going to lie. 113% ROI. There, there you go. It, it was, <laughs> honestly, I lost I, and I, I donked away some money off some live. I bet Oral Roberts live. They had basically no chance of ever competing in the game. Like I made some bad bets <laughs> yesterday and still uh, had a very good day. Now, today, like, you know, it, it's hard for me to say this is. I, I'm very price sensitive, right? Like everybody who watches edge work on Fridays or, or has seen anything I do before, they know that I'm extremely price sensitive when it comes to betting these games. So it's not like I can say, Oh, I love this team. Cause that's not what I do. It's like, yeah. I love this price, right? More so than mm -hmm. anything. Uh, I think big rooting interest for me today. Um, if, if, uh, if St. Mary's can beat VCU by exactly four, that would be a, a very good day for me. <laughs> Um, I don't have as many of these first half unders as I did yesterday, but I have Drake plus one and a half first half, Purdue minus 13 first half, Creighton minus two and a half first half. So those are our bigger bets for me today. Uh, but again, like, you know, depending on where you're located, you have the luxury of probably at least a handful of sports books in your region. If you're in a regulated U.S. state or Ontario in Canada and 
you can shop these prices and you can find some stuff that's just way out of left field. I know nothing about college basketball. I don't watch it over the course of the year. And this is one of my favorite times of year to bet because there's just so many options and so many great prices out there. So that's it. No, no big bomb banger for me today. Okay. Um, or, or anything that, you know, I'm going to stake my livelihood on, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be at my computer over the course of the day, just finding some, some good prices to bet. Yeah. That's essentially what I did. The, the only one that was a, uh, a big one for me yesterday was winning the will a 15 seed win a game plus 190. Yes. That was what I had. I didn't expect it to come yesterday. I'll be honest. I didn't did, did you tail John Fenler on that, on that one? Yes, I did. Yes, yeah. I did. Yeah, so it was from John Fenler from the hit so the books for, channel. Yeah. For those that don't know, we, we do have a college basketball, uh, college sports channel here on the hammer, uh, on YouTube. It's called hit the books. If you want to go over and subscribe to that, our content creators for hit the books are very good college basketball betters, including one John Fenler, uh, who's a lawyer in Pennsylvania and um, also tracks his bets on Betstamp at uh, mm-hmm. JAF 373. But uh, yeah, that was that was it was a pretty good week um, in terms of like the, the collective content we were able to put together leading up to March Madness. And uh, he's a guy that <laughs> I mean, you see the ROI, you see the closing line value. Uh, pretty solid better altogether that I, I do like to tail. So yeah, he hit that one. Uh, will a 15 seed beat a two seed yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. So that was, I, I, I fully grabbed that one from him, but that was a nice <laughs> one to have there yesterday. I, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, all right. So quickly recap again here, uh, just for people who might have missed it or weren't paying attention. Lastly, uh, we do have the over six and a half minus one Oh nine St. Louis, Washington full unit on that. And then a half unit Columbus blue jackets, money line plus one Oh seven. Take a flyer on that. one. I just like, I see yesterday's (laughs) results on the side of the screen there too. And uh, I know that they, I also bet New Jersey yesterday, Tampa Bay, the horseshoes that they've had in the last two games against New Jersey, like are truly unbelievable. They, they just got caved in yesterday's game mm-hmm. and uh, they're getting the results, but I, that, that's very worrisome. The lightning look very bad right now. Yeah, that was uh, that was a tough one. I was following along with that, watching March Madness, trying to see what was happening. And then I was trying to follow along for our edge work bets just to see how we did. And I'm like, what is going on in this yeah. game right now? But is what it is, and then the over six and a half in the Rangers Penguins game, and oh. it goes four two. So yeah. Yeah. hate to see it. Hate to see it. It is what it is. You battle back, and hopefully we can get some wins here today. So, yeah. Rob, thank you for taking the time to do this. Appreciate it. Appreciate the insight as always. Look forward to seeing you back here next Friday. But for everyone else, we will see you back here on Monday morning at 10.30 a.m. Eastern. And if you're looking for a list of our full bets for Saturday, the full best bets across all the Edgework creators, make sure to go over and follow our Twitter account at EdgeworkHQ. You can see it on the bottom of the screen there. We will give out our best bets. Everyone across Edgework will be tweeted out tomorrow around 12 12 15 in the morning or afternoon morning i don't yep. know what you yeah. want to call that it's but eastern midday, time, midday midday <laughs> eastern time they'll come out before the games start you can see who made what bet you can see what price they were locked in at so check that out make sure to go over to our twitter account you'll see that but for everyone we'll see you guys monday morning 10 30 a.m eastern time good luck on your bets tonight good luck on your bets this weekend and enjoy march madness 